Accredited Master Performance Coach, International Speaker, Podcast Host and Author. Known as the Can Do Coach, I thrive on enabling leaders to step up, shake it off and shine. Welcome to my podcast, The Can Do Way. My guests from across the globe have can-do stories of growth, resilience and success to share. Tune in and be inspired by these individuals who have developed a strong can-do approach. Each one of their stories is unique. Each one of their stories has a key message. In this episode of The Can-Do Way, I'm talking to Jacqueline Fong, entrepreneur, craft activist, independent board member and former investment banking professional. Based in Kuching, Sarawak, Jacqueline is director of Tenoti, which is a congregation of artisans dedicated toward the preservation of heritage craft. Tenoti House currently houses a community of Songket weavers practicing this exquisite craft entirely by hand. Tenoti is winner of World Craft Council Award of Excellence for Handicraft 2014 and Magic Amplify Award 2015 for Social Entrepreneurship. Tenoti champions heritage preservation, women's empowerment and rural community building. So welcome to the show today, Jacqueline. Thanks for having me, Gail. Most welcome. I know you've done a number of different things in your background, Jacqueline, to get to where you are today. So if you could take us on a short walk through your life, just to give the listeners a glimpse of what you have done and what really drives your passion for the work that you now deliver today. Oh, wow. My story goes back quite a long way. Um, but I, I, perhaps we start from when um, I was um, still having a career in investment banking. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do in investment banking is that basically what we are packaging uh, products to be um, purchased or subscribed by investors. And these products are actually um, because of... Um, a requirement for, you know, um, finance um, by an issuer or borrower. So I think that was very interesting to me, that kind of world, uh, what we could do to enhance the value of the product or or uh, deliver money to um, our clients or the borrowers. Um, so uh, in the investment banking world, money was very interesting for me. You know, the fact that we could make money and earn money and, and create more money. And and um, for after a while, I think, uh, you know, a couple of uh, decades of, of doing investment banking, um, you find that your value is, is, your incremental value to to your work is very little now. There's very little appreciation for, for work, obviously, because, you know, the money is so big. And then when we go into crafts, right, um, we see that, um, you know, although the compensation is so small, the value is so high. And um, I felt that I would be more useful in that space. And that's how it came about, I think. Wonderful. Wonderful. And that's a really interesting approach you've taken as an introduction that you, you, you focused on the fact that investment banking is about a product, isn't it? And the value attached to that. And now that you're in this world of 
um, more value, as you say, you're enhancing the value, not just for yourself getting a product to market, but you're enhancing the value of uh, the whole heritage preservation, the women that you're working with who are making these um, exquisite pieces um, for Tenoti House and getting those out into the wider world. So I love that you've come from that value aspect. So when you when you talk about moving through the world of um, investment banking and, you know, that obviously was quite a fast-paced life and a fast-paced kind of quick-thinking world that you were in, you've been a board member as well, and you've now transitioned into a world of change constant change because being an entrepreneur is all about that and you are also leading this value um, advocacy for the work that you're now doing. So what would you say might have been one of the biggest challenges for you moving from investment banking into this more seemingly um, value world of art and the is it a karma approach? Just tell us a bit about that for the listeners. I think, uh, first of all, uh, it's the margin for error is always very small, even in investment banking and also in craft. You know, mm. if, if there were a mistake in craft and you don't correct the mistake, the mistake amplifies. Um, same, same. Um, the issue is, I mean, the difference then becomes um, the tolerance for error in craft is obviously much higher, right? Mm. Because people like um, people like to see that there's imperfections, imperfections are okay, you know, and there's beauty in something that's, you know, uh, a symmetry, that kind of thing. So, mm. so um, it, was, it was very interesting to me because we would never have tolerated, you know, typographical errors or, or bad formatting. And, and, mm. and now well, it, it's a given. So yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting transition for mm. someone, you know, a little bit of a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find the transition took you a while to get to that place? As you said, you know, the, the world of art is about imperfection versus the world of finance is all about perfection. How long did it actually take you to be able to actually stand up and say, I'm okay with this? No, I haven't recovered. He's <laughs> still getting there. More than 10 years. <laughs> oh, that's really funny because it, it, it's obviously people listening to this are probably thinking, wow, the, the vast difference between one to the other. But yes, so true with what you're saying. So how do you, when you're approaching the work now, what are you what are you noticing in yourself that is changing to be able to get closer toward thriving through that challenge rather than seeing it as a as an obstacle that may have been before? How I've changed, you mean? Mm. Um, from I think I've um, have much more exposure, a wider spectrum of people. Mm-hmm. It makes me, I think, more adaptable, and um, my ability to converse is phenomenal now mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in every level and and uh, in multiple languages more than I've ever thought possible mm. so um, I think that was um, an interesting revelation for me mm. the, the fact that I had skills that I didn't know I think it goes with anyone you know changing profession they, they have mm. to adapt and, and be a little bit more agile 
Most definitely, most definitely. I wanted to ask you, um, in terms of taking risk as an entrepreneur, you know, it's it's about adapting quickly to change and it's about um, being prepared to take some risks, either personally, um, in terms of stepping out of your comfort zone to do things you've never done before. Um, and then it's about running the business and continuing to run that business. So, in terms of risk, what would you say your how you're approaching risk? Are you doing it differently than you would when you were an investment banker, or how do you how do you assess and take those risks now? Would you say? I think I would be more risk averse now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think um, personally, um, there's a lot at stake. So we would try to preserve what we have, you know, as as a as all the work that we've done, um, and try not to jeopardize what we've done. So um, in terms of um, everything that we do, you know, we would want to have a larger margin for error, mm-hmm. and we want to eliminate as much risk as possible because um, everything that we built could just disappear, mm-hmm. you know, and and our efforts are not realized yet. So yeah, I've become quite risk averse or or more calculated in in our risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. even like talking to you, you know, uh, what's the risk? You know, is there any, you know, possible public backlash or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. criticism? Sure. Um, or risk of executing work? You know, like, uh, do we want to do this project? Um, is it going to jeopardize? You know a different component of what we do, you know. Uh, so the stakes are higher, you know. We've mm. got less chance to do so. And, and the chances that we get are so minimal, you know. It's like a, a door in the, uh, you know, on a uh, foot on the door or something like that. And, and we do not want to jeopardize um, the mission that we have. Mm. Really interesting, really, really interesting. I think it's, you're painting a very clear picture for, um, for my audience to just really be thinking, you know, they, they could be facing something similar or going through a transition in their life as well and they're thinking about how do they approach risk and and hearing other people's stories such as yours um, and going through those challenges and, and the changes that come as a result of them as well. But it sounds to me like you are finding a way to be able to, th- to thrive in the work that you're now delivering. And I know that you you obviously you don't just do the um the craft and entrepreneurism you're still you've got your um you're still um a board member you've got other interests that you still manage and maintain in your life as well so how do you um help yourself to be able to sustain the focus the drive and that real can do mindset that keeps you going through every day that you're getting up and working on the different projects that are going on in your life? I think it's because I have very little social life. So <laughs> I am able to execute like my tasks for the day or for mm-hmm. the week mm-hmm. uh, because I'm able to deploy, you know, my late nights. I have a, a lot of uh, nights that are available for me to do work. Okay. It's very important. <laughs> Um, it's the culture that we have in our co- in the corporate world. You know, you, you're running a big deal, so you work through the day or have meetings through the day, mm-hmm. and then have dinner, and then come back to work. Yes. And then there's like 
phase two or you know episode two of today yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it becomes a conditioned behavior doesn't it it's something your body your mind your your whole being gets used to doing yeah, yeah. so what so, do you do when you do step away from work what's a what what do you do to calm your mind down to switch off for a while and to just recharge yourself so that you can be sharp you can be thinking focused and and effectively when you are making those decisions i have two pursuits um non-negotiable one is volcanoes and another is water yeah so i like hiking Mm -hmm. uh not very good at it but you (laughs) still do it and uh, I think waterfalls are just incredible energy providers. Mm. So um, hikes to waterfalls are fantastic. Wow. And I try to do what I can. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And what's the, um, the biggest or scariest maybe um, volcano you've visited? Has there been one that's been active while you've been there or have you climbed into craters? What, what, what have you done? Erta Ali in uh, Ethiopia is a like magma bubbling cauldron. Um, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Also, doesn't look very safe. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if people are ever going to walk so close to <laughs> the crater. Um, and then another one was Tambora. Gunung Tambora is about seven kilometers in diameter. Wow. But- Seven kilometers in diameter, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's very majestic. But yeah. obviously, you know, it, it covered the world with soot for a week or something, and mm-hmm. people were dark in Hawaii. And yeah, that kind. Of, it was incredible. Wow, wow. Yeah. and I, I love the fact that you do something so vastly different than everything that you're doing. You know. On the one hand, you're still taking risks by going into um, volcanoes of all kinds of um, scary, yet you're taking those risks and saying, you know, I want to do this because it in, it empowers you. And yet you've got that beautiful, calming, yet energy um, deriving experience with waterfalls as well, because that's about replenishing and rejuvenating and, and just being calm, I guess, as well. So really important, I think, for the listeners to be thinking, what are, what are those go-tos that that they have in their lives where you can really step away. Um, and as you said, they're non-negotiable. You, you, When you're going for that hike or you're going for that waterfall, um, it's what you do and you, you make it a sacred part of your, of your life. So thank you for sharing those. So this is the time I'd like to just ask you then, Jacqueline, what, what would be your three can-do tips? What are those perhaps life mantras or those, those things that are go-tos for you that you could share with the listeners to really motivate and inspire them to be thinking, you know what, I can get through these challenges and I can find a way to manage risk or to find a way to, to calm myself each day. What would, what would be those three things you would share with people? I think you have to be driven by intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the moment you take a piece of paper and you do a SWOT analysis and you do whatever, you know, pros and cons, you're not into it, you know. So I'm a firm believer of intuition. And, and uh, despite my background and despite my education, um, I think if you don't have the passion towards a certain activity or a certain project, 
and you try to justify it with numbers mm-hmm. or tables or charts, um, it's not going to work, you know. Yeah, so uh, intuition mm-hmm. and passion should drive a person towards a certain endeavour. Fantastic. And um, do you have a third one? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. They're two wonderful being driven by intuition and being driven by passion. So I can hear that that has been a thread through your life. Um, anyway, Jacqueline, with, the, with what you've done and, and what you're continuing to do. You know, you need to have your passion and, and what was I saying, intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's very important. Actually, one thing that's very important in doing business is also integrity. Yeah, and, and, you know, one must always retain a certain integrity and, and have very strong and pure, you know, core values. Beautiful, beautiful. There you go. There's the third one. You shared it after all. So my final question for you is why do you feel that this can-do mindset is absolutely essential in life? Well, you know, if we have so many negativities, then there's no point to, to dwell, right? There's no point to carry on um, on a project when, when you know, you already essentially are so negative about it mm-hmm. yeah, or, or activity. Yeah. So the can-do attitude is, I would say, imperative. So whatever you feel like, you know, in the beginning, you know, the last thing that you would uh, want to think about, you know, or want to decide is that you can do it before you embark on any project, right? Yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you very much for being my guest on the Can Do Way today. I love the approach that you've shared with the listeners and I know that they will take away some of those golden moments that you've shared to get them thinking about um, their journey, um, how they face challenges, how they can thrive through change as well and those challenges and also be more Um, prepared to face risk in a different way. Um, And so I just want to say once again, thank you so much for being my guest and keep chasing those waterfalls and uh, and your joy of um, going into those volcanoes as well. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thanks, Gail. And I have a good time in Penang. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay. Take care. Have a good evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to my podcast, The Can Do Way. Do you live and breathe the can-do attitude? Since 2019, my podcast has gifted listeners across the globe access to an incredible selection of guests with stories to refresh your perspective, bring you joy and inspire can-do positivity. Always curious and with an insatiable appetite for a good yarn, I invite you to be a guest on my weekly show. If you have an inspiring perspective, a life-changing experience or an intriguing story to share, then drop me an email at gailmgibson.com. Until next week's show, do share the inspiration of the Can Do Way podcast with your friends, colleagues and clients and wherever you are listening from in the world. Remember to make every day an amazing Can Do Day.